0: Learn more at Marines.com. Bad news. The Steelers will be chasing Joe Burrow and the Bengals for years. Welcome to the Steelers update from Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. It's a doubly depressing time for Steelers fans. Not only is their favorite football team home for the NFL postseason, Extending a dubious streak of Steelers' playoff utility to six years, we're watching helplessly as division rivals Joe Burrow and the Bengals usurp the once sterling Steelers standard. Burrow, a.k.a. Joe Cool, has the Bengals on the doorstep of the Super Bowl for the second straight year. But this time around, there will be no sneaking up on the class of the AFC. After watching Burrow carve up the Buffalo Bills' defense while Cincinnati's counterattack constantly harassed Josh Allen and the offense to hold them in check, the Las Vegas odds makers installed the Bengals as a slight road favorite, heading into Arrowhead and facing a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. With that, Burrow and the Bengals arrived. To complete their ascension to the pinnacle of the AFC, they must emerge with the win and punch their ticket to Phoenix for Super Bowl 57. A victory there would catapult the cigar-chomping Burrow to the top of the NFL just three years removed from doing the same exact thing in college for LSU. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Pittsburgh. Already, Burrow and the Bengals seem to own the Steelers and rule the AFC North. Burrow has a career passer rating of 88, with 1,268 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions in 5 games against the Steelers. He's 3-2 against the Black and Gold, but one of his losses was an improbable overtime implosion to open the 2022 season. Burrow and the Bengals appear locked into making perennial postseason trips for the foreseeable future. Sure, the big break-the-bank contract Cincinnati will have to cough up to keep Burrow will cause other skilled players on the team to leave. But the cocky QB has put the rest of the NFL notice telling CBS that as long as he's behind center in the Queen City, the Bengals' championship window will remain open for business. Could there be another decade of dominance? There could. Just look at what happened when the Steelers landed their blue-chip franchise QB in the form of Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben and the black and gold made three trips to the Super Bowl, cashing in two for rings. Moreover, they were a near-constant postseason player, even if their success rate in those one-and-done games under Mike Tomlin was average at best. Thus far, the Bengals have a more impressive track record of doing maximum damage once they get in the postseason dance. This time around, they won't be merely happy to make it to the Super Bowl. If they get there, they're going to be out to win it all. It's also very telling how well this team has handled the difficult emotional hurdle of being involved in the DeMar Hamlin game with the Bills that nearly turned into an unimaginable tragedy. Head coach Zach Taylor was all class in backing the Bills' decision not to play the January 2nd Monday night game in Cincy. The game was subsequently canceled by the NFL. But before everything happened, Burrow and the Bengals appeared primed to dispatch the Bills that evening and best the Chiefs, whom they beat early in the season, for the number one seed in the AFC. Of course, it was not to be. And while a Bills-Chiefs championship game would have been played in Atlanta, a neutral site, due to that game cancellation, the Bengals were given no such consideration. They were forced to travel to a snowy Buffalo for the divisional round, and now they will fly to Kansas City and Tomahawk-chopping Arrowhead to face the Chiefs and Mahomes. Fair or unfair? Well, it seems to make little difference to Burrow and the Bengals when Joe cool has his game face on his eyes are laser focused. He can read and react to defenses like some of the most legendary QBs in the game. I'm talking Tom Brady, like film study and game student skills burrows, furrowed brow and squinted scrutinizing eyes are a look. No NFL team, certainly no defense wants to see. It's a look the Steelers and their fans will no doubt come to loathe, especially if the losses keep piling up and the Bengals become the playoff fixture that the Steelers used to be. Sure, the Steelers will try to answer with their own cool QB, Kenny Pickett, who flashed his fourth-quarter composure as the team mounted a 7-2 run down the stretch. Optimism in the 4-1-2 area code is sky-high for 2023. But Steelers fans can't like what they see in these playoffs. Aside from Burrow, there's Brock Purdy in San Francisco. He, too, is one game away from the Super Bowl. But unlike Pickett, who was the first quarterback drafted in 2022, Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant literally the last man selected at pick 262 out of Iowa State. As Pittsburgh applauds Pickett for coming back to beat an underachieving Raiders team and the Lamar Jackson-less Ravens, Hurdy is dispatching the likes of Micah Parsons and the Cowboys en route to facing Jalen Hurts and the Eagles for the right to go to the Super Bowl. The football gods have long favored the Steelers. It's been a great 50-year run since the divine lightning strike of the Immaculate Reception. But this recent reversal has been biblical as well. The last shall be first, the first shall be last. It remains to be seen whether Pickett can make the kind of quantum leap Burrow pulled off in navigating his team to the Super Bowl in his sophomore season. In his third, Burrow could win it all. If so, the reversal of fortunes between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati would be complete. The lofty Steelers' standard will have been stolen by the Bengals. Wow. Of course, we have much more on the Steelers' offseason strategy for preventing all this from happening. Everything from a backup plan should Matt Canada not work out on the offense key pieces on defense, and who they should take in the draft. It's all in this slightly envious edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column, First Thing Thursday on Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes, bringing all the Pittsburgh playoff envy to life and to laughs. Right now, let's get right to it. The first significant move for 2023 has been made, but it's not going over well in the 412 area code. Talking about Mike Tomlin and the team keeping offensive co- coordinator Matt Canada after a mostly subpar offense for large swaths of the season. But what saved Canada was the progress made by rookie QB Kenny Pickett, who provided his own endorsement for Canada as well. Will this bid at coaching consistency pay off for Pickett in the Steelers' offense? Maybe. But here's the dean of Steelers' scribes forcefully arguing for a plan B should Canada and his O not rise to the occasion in 2023. I give you Jerry Dulack with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and his Pittsburgh prescription for a backup plan for Canada. Dulac writes this, quote, While the rest of the league is discarding offensive coordinators as though they are broken Christmas lights, the Steelers' decision to bring back Matt Canada can be classified somewhere between curious and risky with a layover at mystifying. Whether the reason, regardless of what anyone thinks of Mike Tomlin's decision, the move to keep Canada for a third season should not be be merely accepted as the correct one, even if it might appear to be the most logical one. Granted, it's okay to believe it is the right move. It could even turn out to be the right move. But there is nothing wrong with having a certain measure of wariness with the decision. In fact, there should be. The Steelers shouldn't just accept the notion Canada is the right person to lead their offense, not after what they have watched, the past two seasons. They need to be prepared in the event that it happens again before it's too late. They cannot afford to have the 2023 season, which will offer so much optimism with so many young skill players, begin with the same malaise that strangled the offense since Canada replaced Randy Fickner. They cannot afford to begin the season with an offense that can't score touchdowns lacks exp- explosive plays, and averages fewer than five yards per play. In effect, they can't start re-watching a movie that they didn't like the first time. Do what they teach the Boy Scouts. Be prepared. And the Steelers already know how to do it. Hire a recently fired head coach and make him senior offensive assistant. Bring in Frank Reich. Bring in Cliff Kingsbury. Do what they did when they brought in former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores as a senior defensive assistant to coordinator Terrell Austin. Bring in an experienced coach to help to be a fresh set of eyes just in case. What's the harm? Right now, when it comes to teams with struggling offenses, the Steelers are the one team that hasn't changed its coordinator. Mike Tomlin's decision to keep Canada because he believes he is the right person for the job could prove prophetic. It could be the right move for a young quarterback who seemed to develop in his coordinator system. It could be the right move for an offense that averaged 343 yards, including 146 yards rushing and 22 first downs in the final nine games, all above the league average. But based on the full 35-game body of work, the odds aren't exactly in Canada's favor. The Steelers have to be ready in the event nothing will change in 2023. They have to be prepared to react if the offensive deficiencies of the past two seasons rear their ugly head in September. Before it's too late. Before they have to rely on the New York Jets winning a game to get them into the playoffs. Not making a change to an offensive system that averaged 19.1 points the past two seasons is one thing. Expecting it to change without making changes is another. It's beyond curious. It's mystifying, Unquote. Hey, that's some really good advice from Jerry Dulac, and he does know his Steelers and his football. But let's see if the team makes such a move as the dust settles from the usual off-season coaching carousel in the NFL. They would be wise to have another coach waiting in the wings, should the Canada offense fail to take flight. Now let's turn the page to the Steelers' defense and the prospect in Pittsburgh of possibly losing, if not a star, then a very, very good player who just had his best season. And oh yeah, his kid brother might just be the hottest defensive free agent in the NFL. And having this guy around could help sway both to be with the Steelers. Hey, we're going back to Jerry Dulack once again. And he's doing his thing making a case for an aggressive Steelers move to keep the utility knife of a strong safety Terrell Edmonds. Dulac writes this, quote, this will be the second go-round through free agency for Edmonds, who became an unrestricted free agent after the 2021 season when the Steelers elected not to pick up the fifth-year option on his rookie contract. And when Edmonds received little attention in free agency and was still sitting on the market in April, the Steelers brought him back on a one-year, $2.54 million deal three days before the draft. It turned out to be one of their best season moves. Will the same thing happen again? Or based on how Edmonds played in 2022, will the Steelers not wait to resign him? Edmonds' preference is to remain with the Steelers and maintain the partnership he had with all-pro free safety Minka Fitzpatrick. He started 15 games in 2022, was 7th on the team in tackles, and 4th in passes defense, and probably had his best season since he was the 28th overall pick in the 2018 draft. It remains to be seen if the Steelers liked enough of what they saw from Edmonds to bring him back in 2023, or more important, how they will prioritize him among their other unrestricted free agents on defense. There are five unrestricted free agents who were either starters or full-time contributors on the Steelers' defense. Cornerback Cam Sutton, defensive end Larry Ojibjobbi, strong safety Edmonds, inside linebacker Robert Spillane, and free safety DeMonte Kazee. Sutton and Ojibjobbi, pending his health, will be at the top of the list and they will also be the most expensive. Spillane and Edmonds will fall next in line as part of a defense that went from 32 to 9th in the league against the Rush. Edmonds isn't the only member of his family who's entering free agency either. His brother, Tremaine, an inside linebacker with the Buffalo Bills, who was the 16th overall pick in the 2018 draft, is also an unrestricted free agent. If both players signed with the Steelers in free agency, Tremaine Edmonds would replace former top pick Devin Bush, who will not be re-signed. But don't hold your breath, Dulux says, adding this. Tremaine Edmonds will be considered one of the top free agents on the market and command a contract the Steelers, with the highest defensive payroll in the league, cannot afford. But Terrell Edmonds should be affordable, and keeping their safety tandem intact is of more significance, unquote. Hey, that's a a good bottom line from Jerry Dulac. If you can't get both Edmonds, stick with Terrell, the one you know, and the one you can afford. Hey, if Terrell isn't happy with his agent, he could do worse than hiring Jerry Dulac to rep him and make his case to the Steelers. But what about the rest of the Steelers' needs this offseason? Well, finally, we turn to Ray Filippado with the Post-Gazette who compiled an early off-season shopping list for the Steelers as we look ahead to free agency in the draft that will shape your 2023 team. Villapalto writes this, quote, It's Omar Khan's first off-season as general manager, as it is for his top two personnel evaluators, Andy Weald and Sheldon White. There's a lot for the trio and the head coach, consider with free agency in the draft just weeks away. Here are the top five position needs the front office has to address. Number one, the offensive line. It's time to address the left side of the line and the depth at all positions. Dan Moore Jr. has started at left tackle for the past two years. He allowed six sacks and 18 hurries in 2022. That is not ideal with a young quarterback entering his second season. Kevin Dotson allowed four sacks in 13 hurries, and he's entering the final year of his rookie contract. Beyond possibly upgrading at left tackle or left guard, the Steelers have their top three backups hitting free agency as well. Now is not the time to settle for average. If one of the top three tackles in the draft is available at number 17, the Steelers should seriously consider taking one to be Kenny Pickett's blindside protector. Need number two, cornerback. It could be argued that finding a number one corner should be the top off-season priority for the Steelers. After all, Cam Sutton, their best corner, can become a free agent in March. The Steelers fans must cringe at the idea of drafting a corner, especially in the early rounds. After all, evaluating corners was not a strength of former general manager Kevin Colbert. But Khan has new evaluators at the top of the scouting department, and they are not saddled with the baggage of the previous regime. If the Steelers add one of the top corners in the draft, To pair with playmaking free-safety Minka Fitzpatrick, it could take the defense to the next level. Need number three, defensive line. Cam Hayward will turn 34 in May, and Larry Ogunchobe and Tyson Oluolua are free agents. That makes the front a big priority this offseason. The Steelers have added younger players in the draft the past two years in Isaiah Loudermilk and DeMarvin Leal. But they need to do more and could use an early pick on a young player they can mold as their next Cameron Hayward. The Steelers haven't selected a defensive lineman in the first round since 2011, and that's when they took Hayward with the number 31 pick overall. Unquote. Hey, that's a great job by Filipaldo giving us the big three needs for the Steelers. He rounds out his top five needs with inside linebacker at need number four, but the surprise is the need at number five. He says it's wide receiver. Say what? In the nor- the name of George Pickens, wide receiver? Hey, go back to and and let him make his case. Quote, the Steelers need to add quality depth to the receiving core. Adding a veteran via via free agency makes some sense here. But the Steelers have had such a great success finding receivers in the draft that they might want to go that route again. Given bigger holes on their roster, they just might have to wait until the third round or later to select a receiver this year, unquote. Well, I guess that leaves out the popular prospect in Pittsburgh of reuniting Kenny Pickett with his prolific Pitt receiver, Jordan Addison. Now you remember Addison left Pitt last season and turned in a so-so season at USC. But he's still expected to go pretty prominently and pretty high in this upcoming draft. So maybe no picket to Addison connection for your Steelers. Oh, well, there are bigger needs on this team, as we just heard from Ray Fildopaldo, and it was a good summary. What will your Steelers do? Well, that's what the coming months are about. You know, the offseason awaits. But only after we find out whether Joe Burrow and the Bengals make a repeat appearance in the big game, the Super Bowl. Hey, I'll tell you, Burrow and the Bengals look to be the class of the AFC North, and they just may be the best in the AFC, and it could continue for seasons to come. A tough time to be a Steelers fan for sure, but who knows what happens next year. And we're here to make being a Steelers fan easier and informative. So download the podcast, which is fresh every Wednesday, wherever you download your favorite audio, or just sign up for it so you get it automatically. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.